Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 9, Episode 13, titled Choke Point. Is this is this the point? Is this named this because this is the point where all of the good ideas that they've had this season get caught in some sort of hallway infested by zombies and just eaten? <laughs> this is the point where the writing, the writer room, the writer's room just chokes. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. It's like, oh my god, we've had a unprecedented run of fairly good episodes. What are we going to do? I don't think so. I actually yeah, thought I uh, it, this is a pretty good episode. Um, there was a couple points where I thought that it was going to kind of go in a dumb, boring direction, and then. They kept trying new things, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Angus, and then Angus Simpson showed up, or Samson, Angus Samson, which I haven't really seen in anything since season two of Fargo. He's Wait. the head highwayman. Had to have been. Okay, okay. I was wondering why that dude looks so freaking familiar. That makes so much okay. more sense. Right, let me make sure. <laughs> yes, yes, he is definitely Angus Samson. Nice. Um, okay. Who's also what? Where else have we seen him? Is he? Was he a halt and catch fire? Uh, no, he was not. He was in the mule, which we watched the mule a long time ago. Right? Yeah, Um, he's a a fairly. I mean, he does a lot of good work as this Australian character actor, and seeing him as the highwayman, yeah, uh, or I guess the lead of the highwayman was was really nice. And you know, um, at this point, I'm not super interested in having just another low rent band of thugs to contend with. So when Carol suggested diplomacy, I like literally eyes lit up and like, oh my god, I've I'm suddenly reinvested in this shit again. So yeah. I I thought, and then I I you know Connie and Daryl uh doing a diehard slash Home Alone on this abandoned medium rise apartment building or hotel under construction. With the 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 army of the dead, the whispers coming to get bearing down on them. I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's very little not to like. I I thought that you know as much shit as we as we we've given Ezekiel's Renaissance Fest, it looks pretty cool. Like I like the Ugh. the the banners and the paper mache tigers and what's surely going to be an outdoor movie projection projection setup, or maybe mm-hmm. not. I guess he does have that stage there that he kind of holds court in. That's true. Yeah, he's got a theater. I bet it gets hot as fuck. Uh, no AC. It's maybe, yeah, even in the like late fall, I imagine you get that bulb fired up and a couple hundred mm-hmm. living bodies breathing heavy, eating popcorn. Mm, it's going to be hot. It's going to be old hot movie night. Yeah, the thing about that fair is there was just th- there's no way it was going to live up to the fair that I'm constructing in my head, uh, the fair that I actually <laughs> want to see, because the fair yeah. I want to see is uh-huh. is so cheesy that no self-respecting production team would put that on screen. <laughs> uh mm-hmm. and, and and simultaneously so grandiose that they probably couldn't afford to do it. So like right. At least yeah. this show couldn't uh or wouldn't. Uh so like I'm a little disappointed that this is a trade fair and not like an actual, you know, carnival type uh thing that they're doing here. But at the same time, like yeah, that makes a whole lot more sense for them. And I think you know what they're doing obviously I don't expect them to, to tailor to my particular kind of fare that I pictured in my head. Mm-hmm. Right. I do think they're going to do something like that. Like you can't have Ezekiel up in here engineering this thing and serving, 
you know, tables full of elk and putting on a movie and not have it be a little Rin Festy. Yeah. Uh, infested with a little bit of Rin. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, there's got to um, be a band. There has to, with all the, the talk from Stradivarius yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. Aaron and like, it has to be a band. I think you're scaling it down to like a fucking high school job fair at this point, which honestly <laughs> probably is the way to go. Like you have yeah. your expectations low. But yeah, no, I think, I, yeah, no, we're going to get a little fair. Okay, get a little cool. fair to go along with the trading. I do I'm, I'm wonder, excited. like, are they going to have to come up with some kind of currency because, like, or, or is the tickets oh. to the movie going to be free? Because it seems like that's the kingdom's big bartering stick. So what do you do? You, you trade, you know, three chickens and two eggs for a family of uh, was worth of movie tickets and a big bucket of popcorn. Like, yeah. that's the whole problem with trade and bartering. You're going to have to come up with some kind of currency system. It's a BYOP. Bring your own popcorn. Uh, that's true. Yeah, I've been through rules. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's going to be a primitive barter system currently. Uh, it kind of has to be, right? Unless they have a bunch of gold bullion or something stashed away, which I don't think they do. Just go skip, skip, skip the gold currency, back currency, whatever back currency. Go right to fiat. Yeah. Have Eugene set it up. Crypto. <laughs> just it just leaves. They got those sleeves. Let's make the <laughs> currency leaves. No one sees any bad ideas there. <laughs> I I think that like now that they got the, their solar power working at the kingdom again, they just go crypto. Use ninety nine percent of that sure. power towards mining bitcoins, and there's there's no problems with that. No problems with that at all. Awesome. Blockchain will save them. Uh, they did fire up a little bit of uh, power this episode, didn't they? They did. They got a power going. There's some sparks flying. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna be able to. Screen a movie, I do believe. It sounded like generators, which was kind of crazy to me this far into uh, the apocalypse, but yeah, what do I know yeah. about the degradation yeah. of fuel supplies? Yeah, that's just only what the only what the science you're only what your science education would tell you, and what good is that? Yeah. Also, the, I don't. I don't. Dead's walking the earth. <laughs> okay, shall uh, we get into the episode? Or yeah, I, I like the episode. I thought you know the stuff the. The fight with Beto was good enough. Like it wasn't the best fight I've ever seen, but also it wasn't the worst. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, and, and, The Walking Dead had some assist from the the early goings of season three of the West Westworld because it's completely redefined how bad you know, <laughs> oh, okay, even premium cable yeah. action can be. So if I see something that is you know not confusing, straightforward, fairly sound tactically, if there's a couple of minor, I, I think that. Um, Daryl Dixon, uh, Norman Reedus is. Uh, there's a limit to how much he's practicing stunts at this stage. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, yeah. you you want me on set? I'll, I'll get there 15 minutes, okay? <laughs> you know, I'll just go, I'll go through. I'll go through the thing or two with a stunt man once or twice. Is this fucking fuck it? Mm-hmm. I kind of go like this, and the guy falls down. Then I go like this, <laughs> and the other guy falls down. I, it's kind of getting to that point with him. But you know what? Yeah. I I remember when Daryl was a real badass, and it's it's. You were kind of coasting on those fumes, but it's still working. Yeah. And then every time, you know, I thought they were going to slow it down and do something uh, that was tedious and boring. They kind of kept it moving along. Um, You know, you have Mm -hmm. the scenes with Lydia and Henry and all those mostly work and they're not overstaying their welcome. I think they they found a refreshing uh, sense of pacing here in season nine that The Walking Dead has lacked for so long now. Um, yeah. it doesn't feel as repetitious and, and no. tedious. This feels like 16 episodes where everyone knew what they were trying to do and moving the ball a little bit forward where yeah. 
before you'd have like wild swings in the beginning and ending and then just kind of like uh, dribbling at half court for large stretches of, of the season. And, and this has yeah. moved along pretty briskly. I agree. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe! Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. All right, well, let's get into the recap. Um, we start off with uh, right where we left it last time with Daryl and Connie's group, uh, Henry and Lydia. They're all running from the whispers in the night. Uh, they're not going back to the hilltop so that they can keep uh, you know the people they love out of this. Lydia doesn't want to go back to the whispers, and Daryl won't let her come with them. But eventually, they just decide, we got to go. We can't stay here. Um, so Connie takes the entire group, including Daryl's dog, and goes off in the opposite direction. <laughs> and Daryl reluctantly decides to follow. Yeah, I thought that was pretty effective light comedy. The <laughs> fact that, you know, there's this power struggle and Connie wins to the point uh, where even the dog's like, yeah, fuck it, Daryl. I'm going with her. She seems like she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you make of this dilemma that they can't go back to Hilltop? Because I don't know that that saves Hilltop. When Alpha comes calling, hey, man, we just had a rogue band of our people run off and do this. We have no idea where they are. You know, are they going to let Alpha come in and inspect them? Like, you know, they're Iran trying to do some kind of nuclear program and uh, uh, Alpha's from the UN looking for centrifuges. Like what? Yeah, I mean, I understand the sentiment and I kind of agree with it, but I don't feel like it's going to do much good it's going to probably and, and with them going to alexandria for help it's probably going to just embroil them into this whole shit show too so but, yeah i think you're right I, I don't know how you play this though like because the other option is to go back to hilltop and that gets you in just as much trouble um probably more so but you got more fighters you got you know yeah. four people and a dog it's true. Uh, versus these people just kind of out in the wind, not able to help, not able to help at all. The other thing is, do we think this show? Do you, we think this show has the balls to like just take Daryl and Connie and Henry and Lydia and Dog and have them be like a B unit for the rest of the season? They're just going to be out in the world, this whole wide world. I mean, I, I there's one point in this episode where I think. It feels like they were trying to set up the spinoff. The Daryl Dixon leaves the group with uh, yeah. a couple others and meets up with a Rick Grimes spinoff. Like that's fear, fear the walking Daryl. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so 
I don't know. I, I haven't read anything about season 10, which is as mm. we're you know recording this is already out. Um, <laughs> at least except for the finale. Right. Most of it is. Uh, so I don't know if that's what they're doing. I don't I don't think Daryl leaves the show this season, but because mm-hmm. I would have heard that. Right. Like I heard, oh, Andrew Lincoln think so. is out yeah. and like uh, some other big news. Lauren, so Lauren Cohen was a sideline for most of the season. Right. Yeah, I. I, I mean, I think that I trust the show to do something like that and keep it interesting. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I mean, they're at the end of this episode, they're on their way back to Alexandria. So I imagine, yeah. you know, the equation is going to change somewhere along the line. Um, I'm wondering if they might li- end up in Oceanside because that's the one community that hasn't really been serviced at all this season. Mm-hmm. They had the revenge arc um, before the time jump. And since then, we haven't seen, I think, a living soul from Oceanside, nor heard from them, nor been there. And it would be interesting if, like, Daryl kind of visits the three communities on his way out this season. And uh, when I say the way out, I'm, I, I don't have any advanced knowledge. I'm just saying that, you know, on the way out of his character's arc of the season, kind of, like, brings us in touch with all the three of the communities, um, yeah. especially the ones we've kind of lost contact with. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. We haven't heard a peep from them this half season. Saw them on the banners and like at the signed charter last episode. And like, holy fuck. Yeah, there's a whole community out there. <laughs> right. Fishing. Oh, yeah. I bet they've got uh, some hydroelectric going on. Uh, they've probably got, you know, they, they've built the Emerald City while these fuckers are back here <laughs> trying to get a bridge funny. going. The all woman, the all women community has got like a shit like utopian figured out. <laughs> right. Everybody else is just scr- still scratching the dirt and like, look here, a projector bulb. Civilization <laughs> is saved, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we move on to the whispers, still doing their weird camp stuff. Laundry, I think they're hanging uh, hanging out their whites to dry. Uh, yeah. Beta examines a dying whisper, and they seem to have some rituals around turning into walkers. Uh, and then, I, 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 yeah. I was bummed to not return to this because he's like, fetch his wife. He's about he's he's about to make the turn. Yeah. And, you know, the whole I'll be one of them. But, you know, you'll you'll be with us forever. Like, I don't know. There are some real cool aspects of this whisper stuff. And it's kind of like a cult. Only there's some truth to the teaching. You know what I mean? Like you you will walk forever. Like having the guardians. be How many? How many of those uh, guardians are their former uh, campmates? Like that's kind of cool. Like in a horrific, weird Warhammer 40k fucked up sort of way. Yeah, but, that scene where they yeah, show I them it, headed toward the the motel or the apartment, yeah, yeah. whatever the high rise they're in. Uh, they show the guy who turned in that pack, and I thought that was just a really nice touch. You know, it, it just yeah. shows you like this is the fate of these people, and they are totally cool with it. Yeah, that's like it's not like a pulling the wool over their eyes it's part of the deal like yeah we'll keep you guys and it's, of course daryl fucks it up first guys first day as a guardian he gets a bolt right through to melon i mean that's what he's but there the, for right them's, to guard the rest of them's, them them's the breaks when you're a guardian i guess yep yeah they're the the red shirts uh so beta says <laughs> that lydia will come back to them or he'll make all of the survivors into guardians i, I think they're they're the skin side of the shirts and skins yeah <laughs> fair um yeah i i don't know i don't have much more to say about this other than the interesting stuff that it adds the layers uh mm-hmm. of the whispers 
Kind of giving Beta kind of like some nuance as uh, a solid second in command. You know, he's not just slavishly following uh, Alpha. He's kind of got his own, uh, you know, he's ordering tactical teams this and doing that. And he's going to spearhead this. Like it's it's given him, you know, much more right hand man credentials, which I think that's the other thing they struggled with the savior. Like they had Negan and Simon and that was it. All the others, like I still couldn't with gun to my head, tell you any of the other names of lieutenants, uh, Dwight. Yeah. He was you know, like Dwight for a while. He was one, right? But he, he had a lot of development, but I, I never yeah. thought he was a believable Lieutenant. Gotcha. You know, especially with his backstory and whatnot. But like, yeah, yeah. I like what they're doing with beta. They've, they've done more for him than they did for, in three seasons for any of the savior lieutenants. And conspicuously, we don't see Alpha this episode, and I'm wondering where right. she went off to, um, who she's got with her, what she's up to, because she's, she's crazy, uh, and she might be trees, on her way man. to do some nasty shit. It takes a long time to mark trees. They got a big territory. Mark and trees? Walking around, Just piss walking around pissing, on, pissing on tree trunks. Yep, that's... that's... Okay. So people know. <laughs> I, d- I didn't know. part of being Alpha. The dead did that. Got to have efficient kidneys and a big bladder. I don't. I mean, I've seen some kidneys in this show, and I don't think they're in very good health. <laughs> uh, okay, Carol's happy to see the fair coming together. Their raiding party, led by Jerry, comes back without their armor, though. And they go to Ezekiel and tell him that they got jumped by a group that called themselves the Highwaymen, and they left a ransom note threatening to ruin their fair unless they're paid. Uh, a competent bow girl thinks it might be Jed's savior group. Je- Jeb. <laughs> I can't remember. I think so. Yeah, Jed, Jeb, Jed. Uh, Ezekiel tells them that they need to gather up every spirit fighter that they've got. I love this. So this this is the scene at the beginning where we get kind of an overview of the preparations they're doing for the fair. You get this big ass paper mache tiger up on the Mm -hmm. balcony, which is fantastic. Uh, I like seeing the banners. You know, each it it does that gives it a Rin Fair feel to me. Like it does. It does good stuff. Uh, They got lighting running off generators. Uh, all, all it's all shaping up to be quite the, the fair. Yeah, I thought Carol and Jerry's wife, uh, Nabila, I think is her name, was very cute, like in this establishing shot. Mm-hmm. And then you go right through the current menace. We found out that funny little pie sigil paid off right away. Apparently, that's the highwayman symbol because it's on, it's emblazoned on this letter that they sent. Um, and uh, we still see this the same song of the kingdom that apparently they're running low on food and supplies. They're yeah. near the point to collapse. And still shocking the- to me because like when you see the pan over the community, there's like crops and, and it still doesn't look like it's this is shades of Mr. Robot saying that the economy's <laughs> fucked and everything's going on as normal, which I don't man. Yeah. I don't know. Living through 2020, I feel like. Maybe I wouldn't talk so much shit about uh, financial collapses and the appearing the appearance of normalcy and, and whatnot during some of these, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, uh, it is it is curious, uh, but I like to pay off of that sigil. That was really you know, it's a, a one episode build up, which is cool. Maybe two episodes. I also thought is is kind of like some high comedy with uh, competent bow girl being like you know, I, I bet it's a dastardly Jeb. And uh, Carol's like, nah, I'm pretty sure it's not them. Uh-huh. Pretty sure they're charcoal at some shitty rural intersection outside of our community. Yeah, pretty sure. Can't be, can't be. Just put put it out of your mind. It's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's another unintended consequence, right? Like Carol put the kibosh on the savior group, which, you know, dicks, but they did have a relationship with. And now you've got this new band of 
Mm-hmm. I don't know, outlaws, morally gray characters that have moved into that power vacuum. And it feels like that might be an arc that you could get a couple seasons out of. Like you, you put down the whispers. What were the, what were the whispers protecting you from? There's always kind of a yeah. bigger fish type deal. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I don't think you hire a guy like Angus Hampson uh, to come into the lead role unless he's going to be a bigger part. Uh, you know, not just one and done episode. Yeah, when I was going through my notes, I was thinking like, because that's always the conventional wisdom. When you see like an A-lister, uh, as far as character actors like that show up, it's like, oh. But on the other hand, it's also possible that he's just a big fan of The Walking Dead and it's like, you know, write me in some kind of late season plot and I can just kind of be in and out. But yeah. I don't know. This feels like the fucking new guys maybe for the kingdom that, that might give them the shot that they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, kingdom. Didn't the kingdom, uh, they talked about how they lost the brunt or they, they bore maybe the brunt of the fighting during yeah, the war yeah. like they, they lost a lot of their soldiers and whatnot so like this could be an injection of muscle but on the other hand it's more mouths to feed so right. I, I don't really know where they're going with this and how uh, well, we'll get to it when when they actually do the negotiating but like carol's point about you know this letter being grammatically correct and it's a request and and they didn't kill anybody is kind of correct but on the other hand it is extortion you yeah, know, there is a definite oh, yeah. or else protection racket thing going on here. So, mm-hmm. or else you won't uh, get to have your fare. Yeah. All right. Tara's group encounters a tree falling across the road and begins clearing it. The blacksmith and his wife are taking care of a baby, and the youngest uh, fucking new guy whose name I don't know wants some mm-hmm. wants something to do because she's worried about Connie. Yeah, I think this blacksmith family, Earl and yeah, Brett Butler. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I, Tammy. I think it's Earl and Tammy. Tammy I, it's okay. it's kind of super cute. These this elderly couple with an injection of fresh blood into their li- their life, uh, replacing the son that they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, no one that it's yeah. We don't have the time and energy for this, but also it's the it's the zombie apocalypse. Fuck it. Uh, I, I thought it, they're they're pretty. Yeah, like I went from not giving a shit about these characters to like having a pretty fond place on my heart for him at this point and it's nice that they're man it's we, we've talked about how hard it is to juggle a big cast like this on shows mm-hmm. like the expanse and game of thrones well this is a big enormous cast and they're not doing it all at once but slowly but surely they're building the world out and building connections to characters and making us love them more probably just to set them up to kill them well um, yeah but that's, that's the, the way they're doing go they're doing that so much better now um you know, because in past seasons, they would get this episode, but it would be focused on them uh, for the entire B plot. And then at the end of that B plot in the single episode, they die. Right. Like, yeah. And they wouldn't have adopted Henry and kind of taken him in as their ward. And they would they, yeah. they, they wouldn't have had, you know, they wouldn't have had a heart to heart about Tara, about, you know, you're the one we look to for justice. Like they are fleshing that stuff out like, you know, shit, Jerry's wife has had more lines this last three episodes than she had the previous two seasons she's been on the show so um, she was on the show for two seasons i don't even fucking remember it i think she showed up at the midpoint of season seven and they kind of hinted that maybe jerry was in but yeah like all this shit is taking place off camera and like man I kind of wanted to see Jerry fall in love with this this woman and their relationship and how cute it is and they've squandered all that and it's not like it was it was not like uh, the camera is just torn away by all the intense action and development that was going on. Otherwise, it was just being frittered away, mm. you know, and and now they're actually trying to punch up those those slack times with character development. And it's paying off, paying off in droves. 
Yeah, I think the last paying B off character. Like a trade fair. <laughs> yeah, paying off in uh, gold bullion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the last B character I remember that had any kind of backstory that I gave a shit about was Denise, I think, back in like season four yeah. or five, mm-hmm. whenever she died. Uh, they They did her right, but like I struggle to think of other B characters that they've done right. Like, I guess Jesus and Aaron at one point were B characters. And I suppose that's the thing, right? Like, B characters eventually move into the A slots as they exactly. take out other A's. A characters. So, mm-hmm. and if you don't Even have that stable to, to go to, you know, it's it's like yeah. uh, uh, dugout uh, for a baseball team. Like, if you don't have backup yep. pitchers, when your pitcher gets injured, you're just fucked, right? Because you've got no yep. emotional investment. Yeah, uh, built up anything uh, in reserve, and yeah. I th- it does take foresight to do that. You can't just like fucking write shit as you go. Um, and the show's doing it now, so yeah, I'm I'm just amazed. <laughs> it's so crazy to come back to The Walking Dead after writing it off and being like, God damn it! It was possible to make a, a decent zombie show mm-hmm. all this time. Sure was. Uh, okay, Connie takes him to a motel and insists that they get to a choke point at the top. And Lydia says Alpha is going to send Beta after him. And Daryl's eager for it because he gets to kill their best fighter. Yeah. And like at, at that point, I'm like, I don't know if it's going to be this episode or the next, but this is going to be good. Yeah. That's a badass line. Like, I mean, you, yeah. you want confidence from your main badass, right? And Daryl has, has no shortage of confidence. Either best. Good. We'll kill him first. Like it's, it's pretty mm-hmm. good. Some good, some good, de- some good Daryl lines this episode, this, this entire season. Yeah. And then Jerry's group scopes out the highwaymen. Ezekiel is disappointed that they're having to resort to violence. Carol suggests they try talking first. And after some debate and a promise to murder them if they don't talk, Carol's able to convince the rest of them to try it. I fucking love what they've done to Carol these last four seasons <laughs> yeah. where she's got this kind of son. She's like the happy warrior. You know, it's uh-huh. like, oh, hey, you know what? And and I think that she would rather go in guns blazing, but... What changed her mind is seeing how bummed that Ezekiel was. Like, God damn it. I got this. I want to lead this better place. I want to have Camelot. I want to be King Arthur. And I always have to do this Mordred shit. And I don't <laughs> I don't like it. And yeah. she kind of like, well, you know, we could just try talking. And if that doesn't work, we kill him anyway. And mm-hmm. it, it really works for me. I fucking love his bloodthirsty, but also rational queen he's got. And the fact that she's not even fucking around with denying her her regalness at this point she's just like oh fine i guess i'm the i'm the queen of this fucked up community sure better me than some other person right i mean yeah it's hilarious that they're putting her in that situation but also i really like the relationship uh the functional dynamics of it like ezekiel is taking her advice she's taking his advice everything that you know makes sense given uh the situation they're in is being considered it's not just one person pushing their agenda uh, that feels very healthy. That feels like a, a strong relationship. And I think that, I I don't know, a few seasons ago, it'd be tough for me to see that with Carol. Because uh, mm-hmm. she, you know, she was doing what she wanted to do, I think, most of the time. Um, after the stuff right. with Ed, you know, I think her life changed, but it kind of swung pendulum-like to the other extreme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're somewhere in the middle, and it's just sort of bouncing back and forth right in the center there with Ezekiel pulling one end and carol pulling the other i like it yeah and they also thematically set this up to where you know ezekiel's like no nah, we, we're just gonna have to go in guns blazing or i guess spears flashing you'd have to start questioning well who really is abhorring the violence here 
You know, if you're going this as its first option, not because it's your only option, because it's the most expedient and safe one. Yeah. You can start asking your questions about that. But like them being willing to like, you know what, we'll show some vulnerability, maybe to avoid the the violence and bloodshed shows some not just character development for the, the characters, but the show itself. Like, oh, you know, we're going to move beyond this shitty. We can't trust anybody that's not us. It's kind of like a, 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 a it's a microcosm of human development. You know, the fact that uh-huh. we get in these these pinches as a, as a society where people in charge tell us that we can't trust anybody. We got to kill everybody else. And the the long arc of human history is uh, some people standing up and be like, but do we really have to kill everyone else? And then finding out that you don't and establishing trade and. Then you got, you got not, more to lose. They're not yeah. stupid about it, though, either, right? Like, they've got right. a plan going in here, right? They're going to see if they're amenable to to trade and to, to being friendly. But if they're not, they're going to kill so them. So many you know? times in real life and in fiction, pacifism is shown as a, a weak, yeah. cowardly philosophy. And no one could possibly say that about Carol. No. So when, she, she should just see, when she suggests diplomacy from a place of strength... I'm like, that's actually really impressive because you very rarely see that at all. Yeah. Okay, Connie takes up residence in their old stash house. Uh, Daryl and Connie plan the defense. Um, Connie asks what's next for Lydia. And Daryl refuses to take her back to Hilltop because their friends will die. Connie points out that Lydia doesn't have any friends. Uh, Which I'm not quite sure what she's getting at with that other than we need to take her in. Um yeah, because she's she's a she's weak and we're strong and she's got no chance. We have a chance, but she's made it pretty clear that she doesn't want to go with them, right? Like I, I I don't know. That was the thing. That was that was the strange part to me is like Lydia is saying like I don't want to go back to them, but I also don't want to be here with you guys. Like I, don't think I she need wants to, to put go back in danger. I don't think she wants to put him in danger. And also, like, Daryl's so strong against it, does mm. she just assume that she needs to have her own plan? Because this is all taken, this conversation's taken a, play, a place away from, you know, Henry and Lydia. So this is kind of like adult, adult, adult and talking. And we got some qual, we got a, uh, a, a, a small showing of Daryl's wildcat, you know, when uh, uh, Connie tries to insist that she's coming and he's like, nah, uh-huh. uh, she's, the girl stays. Um, but uh, but I, I don't know. I, what do you think they're doing with uh, Connie and Daryl? Because I've always thought that like my last the the last six seasons, I guess since Doodlebug died, I just kind of decided that Daryl just didn't have time for relationships. But I don't know whether they're going for friendship or what. But like it seems like Connie's really taking a shine, and they're very simpatico about like strategy, and they have a communication barrier at this point. Yeah. Um, but they have a lot of really good chemistry. Um, it could just be badass camping in the woods buddy chemistry. Yeah. Uh, killing walkers, killing bad guys chemistry, but I don't know. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I wasn't getting any romantic vibe from it, but I was definitely getting like a simpatico vibe, like you're saying. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. on the same same wavelength. And I think, you know, as <laughs> one of the most important things with Daryl probably is to show him that you're fucking competent. Um, I think as mm. Connie shows more and more of that, like leading them to the right place, having this backup stash of, of emergency goods, like Daryl's noticing the shows. Things that the group itself was not as big a fool right. as we first suspected. Yeah. I think the more she does, uh, the more respect she's going to earn from Daryl. And, uh, you know, the, the more Daryl is able to, I think, come around to her way of seeing things, right. Especially with Lydia, like, you know, not just being this black and white, Oh, this has got to be 
you know, this way or it's no way. I, I feel like they're going to do good things for each other um, here in the future. One thing I wonder is how if this if, if Connie continues to be an important character going forward and presumably the communities will start to learn her language, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I wonder how they'll bring because right now they've got a nice crutch and that Daryl kind of is starting to get a flow for what she's trying to tell him. But they have the the notepad, right? They can pass. Yeah. If like Daryl becomes proficient in sign language, do they just start subtitling? I guess they just start subtitling that. Um Mm-hmm. To, to to keep the audience in, or I was wondering if they would do kind of like you know Han and Chewbacca, where you don't really realize it, but like Han essentially repeats everything that Chewbacca says with enough context that like, what do you mean you don't think the hydro spanner should go here? Like yeah. you know, I, they could do that, but I don't know that that would last for long dialogue <laughs> scenes. So I guess yeah. subtitle, yeah, like any other language. I'm overthinking it. Yeah, they could do it. Uh, all right, Zeke, Carol, and Jerry are walking through a warehouse where they encounter a man in the shadows and also in a cowboy hat, along with a whole bunch of armed friends. They demand whatever they've got, and then Zeke's team moves in and takes them all at gunpoint. They offer the highwayman a job. Rather than attack them on the road, they can protect their shipments. In exchange, they're granted access to the kingdom and the fair, and cowboy hat laughs in their face. Uh, <laughs> highwayman, I don't know what to call this guy. Uh, laughs in their faces and says they're going to have to do better. And so Carol ups the ante with, uh, by offering to show them a movie, which God, Melissa McBride is so good in this scene. She, she's absolutely hilarious when she's yeah, she, suggesting she's that channeling movie. her casserole mom face. Into uh-huh. it. Like her face lights up like that 10,000 watt bulb. And it's just, and, and it's such kind a of stupid would, idea. <laughs> like, but is it? Like, if you think, like, you're eight years in a zombie pocket, you haven't seen television or a movie, and someone's like, you know what? We got a movie theater. You can come and trade and get some food and 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 relax and watch a fucking movie. I don't know. Yeah, but when, like, my main concern is uh, the, the, the people in my community have told me that they're hungry and we've got no food, and someone offers us a movie, I'm going to laugh in their face even harder. But... Yeah, but it's it just works. It works because it's kind of dumb. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I I remember it was before the time jump. I had this revelation that, like, they are this close to reinventing a really good Western. Like, it's just an East Coast zombie apocalypse Western. You've got all these people with, like, exaggerated weapons and, like, they're riding horses and they're like these dusty frontier communities and now they're just like full blown leaning into it. They got a high yeah. woman that's dressed up like a Civil War soldier, and he's got like a you know country western desperado theme music. Yes, the I, music. Yeah, it's like in, inter, it's like a much better version of Into the Badlands at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think it's that's great. Like Bonanza, Lone Ranger, Ponderosa, all those shows from the the fifties and and sixties showed that you could have like this this format is it, like like it, it it's very endur- uh, uh, durable. Like that's how yeah. Firefly was so interesting. Sure, like just space, except for it's the old west, you know. It's the old West, except for it's infested by zombies, and it's in my, it just it, it just fucking works. These guys riding around in wagons and horseback, it it evokes that so much anyway. Just lean into it because I think it's yeah. very, it's fascinating. Oh no, they they did a great job with uh, the setup for this group, and I hope they do stick around. I hope Angus Sampson, I, I like him. I hope he sticks around uh, as the highwayman. 
because mm-hmm. I'll watch that show. Sure. I'll watch Bonanza in the apocalypse. Why not? <laughs> Fear the Bonanza dead. <laughs> We try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at Bald Move. Just join the club. Well, some people aren't the joining type, or maybe they're already in the club but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage, or for a podcast that really spoke to them or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these, and for whatever other reason you might have, our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click the donate option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once again, check out support.baldmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love. All right, Henry did the only thing he knows how to do to impress Lydia, sharpen a stick. Uh, she doesn't want to kill her own people, though. Also, she doesn't want him to kill them either, so he promises to try not to, uh, which we've seen this a hundred times before. This is Morgan. Like, this is fucking Morgan's influence. Anybody else? Creeping in. If Morgan wasn't your daddy for, like, five seasons, you'd say, fuck you, I'm going to kill these people because they're trying to kill me. Mm-hmm. Henry is morgalizing here. Uh, she, Lydia's super worried about Alpha finding them, and she asks why Henry came to save her. He replies that he cares about her, which causes Lydia to kiss him, but they're interrupted. <sighs> Fucking Daryl. They're interrupted by Daryl, who says they're headed up for their watch. You asshole. Yeah. Like, I breaks. understand why he did it. He doesn't want Henry getting in any deeper with this girl. Like, he's already got a situation spinning out of control. But to interrupt two kids kissing in, in this moment First is kiss just... for probably both of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen Henry kiss anybody. Do you think Lydia practiced kissing with the zombie true? mask, maybe? Did he kiss uh, somebody when they were drunk? I can't remember. I don't think he kissed a li- the nerdy girl. Um, yeah, yeah Daryl right. brings a halt to it with a hearty, hi, hi. I know. We, we got to get going. Uh, I'm so mad. But yeah, I, 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 it's, I, I don't know. It's, it is a little bit morgalizing, but I was prepared for it because um, in the background we've been playing. Uh, you know, we, we've done this, released this for club members before, but uh, we're doing a little club feature where we're playing through the final Telltale Walking Dead video game season, and yeah. uh, there's a plot with a f- with a former whisperer in that where you know he's got even though he's no longer a whisperer, he's still got f- I don't know fond feelings for the dead, and he gets really butt hurt if you kill any around them. It's yeah. like. Yeah, I yeah, I that, that's the where it's like I I have a hard time wrapping my head that much around the ideology. Um, but yeah, I guess I mean, she's got a point with like, you know, this not she's not talking about the walkers, she's talking about her people. Yeah. And if Henry were to wake up the next day and find out that like, you know, actually secretly everyone in your community is Nazis. They got 10,000 strong slave labor camps outside these gates you've never seen and like his whole world got flipped upside down I bet he'd have a hard time taking out Daryl and Tara Mm -hmm. and Aaron if they came to get him back it's so if if, I I can definitely wrap my head around that like even though this is a fucked up situation it's what she's known these people have protected her there's probably been some laughs along the way some moments of like twisted affection and she can't do it so I and, and, and Henry's as you said molded into the shape he has by Morgan and Carol and Ezekiel. He's kind of the perfect vessel to, to put up with this garbage and his own dick. Like at this point, I that's he's, true. Like Lydia telling him anything. She could tell him literally anything and he'd be like, I'll uh-huh. try. I'll try. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want you to fly to the moon without a suit. I'll try. 
Uh-huh, I, uh-huh. Yeah, and I'm also, I, I'm a vegan, and I need you to eat vegan, and I want you to mm-hmm. get a tattoo of my name on your face. And he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, and then what? And then what? Yeah. Right. He's he's yeah. ready to swallow some shit, I think. Yeah, and, you know, half of it, obviously, is hormones. Half of it is, like, he just wants to, to get it in, or whatever he thinks getting it in is. Uh, and half of it is legitimately, like, he feels bad for people, um, you know, Lydia in this scenario where she's got nowhere to go. She's got no real family. Uh, the family mm-hmm. she does have is so fucked up that she may not even want to go back to them, let alone he wanting her to go back to them. So, like, I get it. There, There's like 50% being a young teen, a young horny teen, and 50% genuinely caring about another human being. Especially since Henry's been, at this point, practicing his staff work for years, and he just wants to... <laughs> <laughs> he wants to see how oh, yeah. it all pays off, you know. Like just to start spinning Jesus. that thing, three sixty. <laughs> this is what I call the helicopter. Perry Dodge. <laughs> yeah. the tra- let me show you what I like to call the Charlie Chapman. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, okay, a group of walkers runs smack into Tara's team. Earl, uh, the blacksmith, is I, I thought bitten. He he gets attacked. I thought he I he they might. make like a crunching teeth sound on his arm and he screams and then there and they he's cut not away, bit. yeah. And the zombie was definitely going for it. Um yeah. these callow yeah. teenagers that did did all the pissing on the walkie walkers, they're not super great. Like they had to have their asses bailed out in this little scuffle too. Oh, this is like uh, the only about- scene I have a problem with. Um Oh really? In the whole episode, yeah. Cause like they've got a bunch of they've got at least two bow people in this group. And those mm-hmm. boat people are running in toward this group of walkers with the rest of them instead of hanging yeah. back, picking off like 15. I don't know. How many could you hit with the bow if you're a competent bow girl? Uh, we've, yeah. we've seen her like if she's she's like Legolas, essentially. She should be able to hit like from 40, 50 yards out easy. Um, oh, yeah. So like you just do that. And by the time the walkers get to you, they're going to be. And it's pretty easy to pick out, like, they say, watch their hands. Well, if someone, you know, one of them things busts out a, a bow and arrow, uh-huh. they just become the prime target. Yeah, no. But but yeah. they're not the best fighters. And these teens, like, they, some of that action was incompetent. But I think you're supposed to understand the teenagers are incompetent. Yeah. Yeah, I'd buy that. Because these are these are the same people, I believe, yeah, that had the, the little ones. pissing on the zombie adventure. Yeah, like the the... the Ne'er do wells, the ones that are like, oh, I'm always stuck behind the walls. Well, now you're out behind, you're in front of the walls and you suck. You suck. Right. This is why we keep you behind the walls. Because you're a bunch of fucking suck ass whiny butts. Uh, and then the highwaymen ride into the rescue uh, as the walkers, mm-hmm. you know, are, are starting to uh, break the ranks. And Brett Butler, man, going to work with that piece of rebar. Like she's mm-hmm. got this little safe box she can lock her baby in and she goes, I mean, she personally takes like three or four of the zombies on the way to Earl. And then the highwayman's entrance with Angus doing this like head down, beefy Naratu running. Did you see that? Did you see that? (laughs) Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Fucking rolling thunder coming in and the music swelling. This this country western uh, like like cowboy theme. It's it's ridiculous. But, you know, this is a show that I love it has uh, a ninja woman mm-hmm. and a ninja Jesus and a cyborg Aaron at this point, like a little bit of Z nation mixed in uh-huh. is, is not, not a bad thing in my, in my 
uh, estimation. In fact, that's one of the things we used to call for back when we had the shitty years of The Walking Dead. Like, at this point, what do you got to lose? You're not AAA television. Yeah. Just fuck fuck with it, you know? And they're fucking with it now, and I'm, I'm here for it. Me too. Uh, okay, on on watch, uh, Henry and Lydia make eyes at each other, and then they spot a group of walkers moving in. Uh, Beta and some other whisperers are in the mix, and Daryl and the others retreat into their fortifications and pair off. Henry and Connie go together, uh, and Daryl and Lydia go together. Uh, Smart split of the team, it turns out. Yeah, so this is a this is a long encounter, um, and I don't quite know how to break it up because there's no natural break point here, so. I'm just going to say they fight and maybe we can talk about the cool parts of the fight. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, I mean the beta and a couple of people come after Daryl who has locked Lydia into a closet with dog. Um, and then another, and then a couple of other whispers go after Henry and, Connie. They had some tense stuff. Like I liked like Daryl's just taking a pot shot at the walkers. He ends up hitting the the fresh guy and beta. Like it's kind of ballsy to risk a look a glance upwards, you know, because you might pop out of the crowd. Your safety, his only safety is his mixing in with the zombies and Daryl being unwilling to like waste arrows on shooting them from a distance. Mm -hmm. Um but I like, you know, the fact that like you can't leave Henry and Lydia together and Yet he also nails Liddy into the the closet, which made a lot of sense. Because like, hey, if you're not going to help fight, by definition, you will only be in the way. Yeah. Um, dog probably. And everything was just but... dog could have but you know you want to protect Lydia. He's he's uh, not a complete shitbag. But I thought like this was very smart from all sides. You know, they had the right strategies. Like yeah. you know, it's barricade, but not so strong that. The humans can't get to us. Beta sees this and smart enough to realize that it's a trap. But, you know, he's a badass in his own right. He's not afraid. Yeah. Uh, he wants to get Lydia back. Um, and I love that they pair off three dudes against just Daryl because, like, you know, if, if you want to say, OK, Beta's fight. a badass. But <laughs> right, right. Like, Daryl's such a badass at this point, or he should be in our minds, that three is like, OK, that's a reasonable number for him to take out. Yeah. And we've we've all f- often gotten excited by like the prospect of a home alone style fight, you know. Right. And this is a little bit of that, you know. Like there's some co- non conventional tactics. Connie does some fancy footwork with uh, a filing drawer to trip up one of the whispers. Uh, there's this amazing scene of Daryl hiding behind this like Viz Queen yeah. uh, plastic sheet until the guy gets right up there and then just puts an mm. axe right through his chest from b- behind this, uh, the the sheet. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Super impressed when Beta bust bust into Daryl's ambush and has like a board in front of his. You know, he's carrying like a door in front of him. So when Daryl inevitably hits a perfect headshot, it goes right into the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a lot of like really well staged action. Um, did I, you think it was kind of hilarious when Dog entered the fray? It looks like a stuntman just threw Dog into the scene. Like oh this German Shepherd. I don't know that. I don't know that they can jump that high and lead feet first. I, I don't know. I, I, I live. Li- I, I don't want to think that a stuntman just threw this dog at somebody, <laughs> but I kind of think they might have. It's probably a puppet. Uh, I got to say the other cool thing I like about this scene is the way it's shot. And man, I won't say this very often for The Walking Dead, but they mm. use light and dark extremely effectively in this scene. Because Daryl is Daryl and Lydia head up to the upper floors where I, I 
or or another side of the building where the sun is shining in and the windows aren't boarded up and Lydia mm-hmm. or, or sorry, sorry Connie and Henry are on the other side where the windows are boarded up so their side is dark Daryl's side is light and it always grounds you in where you are in any given yeah. fight because like once they after they paired off I wasn't sure how far away they were from each other or were going to be from each other and whether those groups would remix at a certain point uh, and so like having the, that demarcation of light versus dark really helped me get, okay, I'm, I, I know when yeah. I'm seeing a whisperer skulking around that, that uh-huh. that's the one coming after Henry and Connie, right. As, right. as opposed to Daryl. Uh, and that could be hard with a bunch of walkers or people in Walker skins who you can't tell the difference between those. Right. Right. Yeah. No, like having that big, obvious light versus dark contrast really, grounds you in the different scenes there's also a lot of things like uh connie gets snuck up behind and she's like you know looking towards the front and i'm thinking as this guy lines up a knife on her i'm like well how the hell is she possibly going to see this but they did a really good job of visually showing that like he goes back to with the knife and it catches like a shaft of sunlight and she sees the glint and Uh You know, she's not quite daredevil, but she's a deaf woman who survived eight years in the zombie apocalypse. So she's pretty fucking sharp. Yeah. Um, And she ducks in the right. Like, just shit like that, that I think in a season before would be shot in a pitch black set. They would have an idea like, oh, she would just be, we'd have this meme of like, oh, yeah, the deaf girl just magically dodges a knife from behind. They did all the things they needed to do to tell this. And it wasn't the greatest because, like I said, I think Norman Reedus is not super into memorizing long stunt scenes and maybe he's not in the greatest shape anymore um, because some of the stunt work versus beta was not great. But again, I've seen a hell of a lot worse in the first half of Westworld this year. So I'm kind of grading on a curve. And I just like that that tactically and strategically everything was sound and Mm -hmm. made fucking sense. Yep. Uh, so I I really really enjoyed it. Um, the one other minor criticism I have is Daryl and Beta go at each other with double fisted knives, uh-huh. and then Daryl loses his, which made sense. But then Beta loses his. Yeah. And I don't know whether there was a scene cut, but like, don't have him pull the double knives if he's just going to lose it. Uh, right. He's not trying to make this a fair fight, right? He's not play. He's not toying with Daryl. He's trying to kill him. Yeah, Yeah, it turns from a double knife fight to to a WWC match. It's like, right, right. Which, like, I think there's a way you could tell that. Like, Daryl grabs knives and he gets like you know maybe a brief upper hand, but this guy's. I mean, he's got a noticeable size, weight, and reach advantage over Daryl. Yeah. So I think he could maybe take tank a couple hits with his forearms and disarm him, and then it's his brute strength versus Daryl's guile. Mm-hmm. They didn't quite get to there, and I don't know if it's lost in editing or they didn't quite get the shot they needed. But that's like you know, obviously, when the guy picks up Daryl, I'm like, why don't you just impale him with your two giant cleavers you got in your hand? <laughs> Um, yeah. eh, eh, what are you gonna what are you gonna do? Uh, Henry gets say, stabbed in the leg and is bleeding pretty bad. Yeah, which is gonna necess- necessitate the the trip to Alexandria, I guess. But um, yeah. yeah. Um, and Beta, the the I guess most important part here, aside from Henry getting stabbed in the leg, is Beta getting pushed down the elevator shaft. Uh, yeah. and Daryl spitting on him before before he leaves. Uh, Very cool. Because that'll come back later at the end of the episode. Um, uh, also, I just want to know that it's it's also a nice character moment for Lydia that she, even though she hated it and it was scary and hard, she chose her new people versus her old people. Yeah. And Unleashed Dog and, you know, 
came in like, you know, Henry would be dead if not for her intervention. Mm -hmm. So that she is the die has been cast. She is irrevocably with Daryl and and Henry and the Hilltop crew, or I guess the, the good guys at this point. Yeah. Okay, then the the highwaymen escort Tara's team to the kingdom where everyone is incredibly happy to see each other. Carol wants to know where Henry is, though. They don't have any good yep. news for her. Mm-mm. Um, it's really cute, Earl and Tammy mutually deciding to keep the baby. Like, they've been thinking about the whole way, and then when they got there and be like, hey, yeah, we look for, we're looking for places to, to dump off this baby, and then they both kind of, like, look at each other and is like, no, nah, we're going to keep it, and uh, Nabila kind of rubber stamping it I, I just thought it was cute I, I like these people I want them to be happy yeah probably going to be disappointed but I like them <laughs> I mean I, I don't you know the blacksmith can probably uh find another job but yeah as people they're fine he, you know when he got bit I or when I thought he got bit I thought they're gonna have to take his arm off and then you'd have like you'd, he'd be forced into retirement oh no and I, I don't know the Deaf re- Leopard drummer didn't retire that's true. He can still bang with one arm, but I, I felt like that would be a logical way to like him and Brett could then become like senior statesman of the hilltop and he could still have a job mentoring Henry. It would make uh, Boston Rob much more interesting because he'd now be the senior blacksmith. Like mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to sideline him without killing him, I think. Um, yeah, but they chose not to do so. So they must have bigger plans for him. Uh, then Connie plays around with the walkers, drawing them away so they can leave the hotel and head to Alexandria long enough to get Henry's wound fixed. Henry wants to know what, uh, where they're going afterward. And Daryl says, there's a whole world out there, which mm-hmm. to me was them, you know, gearing up for the Daryl Dixon spinoff series starring Rick Grimes. But mm. I can't imagine. I, I you know, they, they do have a new series coming out, I think, next month. Right. It's it's do they? premiering yeah. in September. Or is it October? And it's the, October. And the movies, the movies as well. You got the supposed yeah. uh, uh, potential trilogy of Rick Grimes coming down the pike. But as uh, I understand I it, that has nothing to do with Daryl Dixon. Ah, well, then it won't be their traveling show with Rick Grimes then, Jim. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I, I suspect you're going to go to Hill, the Alexandria and then he's going to go to Oceanside and he's going to be like a Paul Revere character, maybe marshalling everybody. The whispers are coming. The whispers are coming. Um, as he goes throughout the community for some kind of big apocalyptic standoff at the end of the show. But like, shit, man, like this stuff is motoring, you know, like yeah. we're kind of like in real time. Uh, the fair's coming. You've got all this shit coming down. The kingdom's got a, a fresh influx of, of new blood to help protect them. It's going to be interesting. Man, th- I feel like this fair is doomed. I feel like what's going to happen is so the fair will be both uh ruined but also the thing that saves them because i think what the the climax i see coming here is that alpha is planning grabbing up a herd a a big ass herd and gonna take it straight up to whatever i mean i guess she would be going to the hilltop though so the fair won't be really ruined uh but i guess yeah like we talked about last week as when everybody's off at the fair they're probably going to get the hilltop uh destroyed out from underneath them yeah, and then they're be fucked because like, like that's exactly. the community with all the food, right? Like if they lose wow. the hilltop, Alexandria, Alexandria can make its own food, but the kingdom but, obviously yeah. can't. Combined, those are the bread baskets, and I could see it's like you know Luke Skywalker coming back to you know Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru's home, and it's just all smoking and on fire because all the badasses yeah. are gone. The whole convoy, you right. know, like 
Like I can see the whispers just sacking that place or taking it for their own, mm-hmm. you know, to have a defensible position. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird because there's not enough time to feel like to wrap all this stuff up and get the festival, but too much time to like do a festival is pretty happy and joyous and then return to, to burnt up hilltop. I, I don't know. I'm going to trust Angela Kang and, and the writers this season. Uh, I, I might get me in trouble, but that's but something you haven't heard a little, for a while on Walking Dead. They've earned, they've podcast. earned a little bit of trust. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they, they've paced this so well. Um, yeah. I have very few flaws to point out. So, mm-hmm. and then uh, the, one potential, yeah, the one you're about to talk about. Yeah, the last scene here: the camera moves into the elevator shaft. The Daryl push Beta down. Beta wakes up and gets to his feet, seemingly very angry. This is. I'm not going to defend this. It's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> Obviously. I mean, I know that like uh, I'm going to try to not spoil it for the wire people, but there's a similar miraculous survival of a of a, a tall fall in the wire that was based on an actual incident, apparently, that happened hmm. in, in Baltimore in the late 80s. Um, but this is like an eight story drop down to an elevator. Bot, what is that? The top of an elevator, the bottom of the I elevator think, shaft itself. I think it's the top of a car. If I had to guess, so yeah. maybe the elevator was only a couple stories down. It wasn't like a, a fall to the bottom of the shaft, and mm-hmm. but like it's hard to believe that. And they didn't establish it. I don't think enough that this guy survived the fall, especially when Daryl pushed him. You you heard like thunk 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 crash. Like this guy <laughs> bashed himself against the walls a couple times. Uh-huh. Damn, but and he's already been stabbed in the shoulder. Yeah, but on the other hand, this is like some Michael Myers shit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you know, like you're supposed to understand that he is not exactly a horror monster, but he's not not one with his get up he's wearing and right. his physical size and Hulk. So I, I guess I'm allowing it, but it, I'm not going to defend it. Like if you get to this, like, oh, this is horseshit to Walking Dead stupid. Like, yeah, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, th- this is the kind of stupid I'm fine with because this happens in every semi-schlocky horror movie I've ever seen. So yeah. nothing wrong with it. I'm fine with it. But that's the end of the episode. All right. Well, as Jim says, that does it for the show today. If you would like to send some feedback for us to consider... Uh, during the end of season podcast fair, where we can trade ideas and the, or we can we can engage in trade in the marketplace of ideas. Do that. Do that by sending an email to watchingdead at baldmove.com. Of course, we have our forums. Forums at baldmove.com. If you'd like to discuss stuff more in real time, uh, there. Uh, but yeah, continuing to have a lot of fun. I hope you guys are as well. We'll be back next week with episode nine fourteen. And until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you later.